All right. Well, good morning. My name's John. I'm one of the pastors here at LifePoint, and we are really glad that you're joining us online this morning. I want to say happy Mother's Day to you. I hope you all are having a great Mother's Day out there. And uh, I want to welcome you to week three of our family series. Now, what we're doing in our family series is we're talking about the idea that the family is created by God for his glory. Because of that, if we think of us as individuals created by God for his glory, then collectively as families, we are created by God for his glory. Our families look really different. I know that. I know there are all kinds of different family makeups out there. But in that, every one of our families is really created for God's glory. So what we've been doing in this series is exploring the different pieces of family and saying, how do those pieces reflect God's glory? And how can we better understand God's glory in those pieces? So when we think about today, I want us to talk about the concept of parenting. Now, I know some of you want to check out right when I say parenting because you're saying, oh, I don't have kids. I'm not ready for this, whatever. We're not talking about the kind of parenting that you may be thinking about. I want us to consider parenting in a different way. And so before we get into that, I want us to think, though, what does the concept of parent bring to mind? When I say parenting or when I say parent, what images come to your mind? Maybe you think about old black and white pictures and funny hairdos and weird clothes that people don't wear anymore. Or maybe you think about some embarrassing moments or funny stories, or maybe you think about some stuff that's really painful or hard or difficulties that you've been through. Maybe you think about really joyful, fun moments or whatever it is. Whatever comes to your mind, here's what I want us to get to, is I want us to ask the question, what do parents do? What should parents do? Because if we think about what they do and what they should do, that's gonna influence what we look at today. Because what we look at today is this concept of spiritual parenting. When we think about what parents do and what they should do, and then we think about spiritual parenting that we see in scripture, what parents do and what they should do is gonna have a big impact on the way we see what spiritual parents do and what spiritual parents should do. Now, I think a lot of us get the idea of being spiritual children, right? We kind of get that through faith in Jesus. We understand that we are sons and daughters of God. And we understand that by believing in him, he gives us the right to be called children of God um, and to become children of God that comes from God. And that's a really cool thing. But I don't think we get the idea of spiritual parenting. I don't think we really understand what it means to be a spiritual parent. But here's what I want you to hear today is we are all called to be spiritual parents. Every single one of us, regardless of what your family looks like right now, you are called to be a spiritual parent. Now, that actually fits really well with why we exist here at LifePoint. The reason we exist, our mission is to influence people to find and follow Jesus. We say that all the time here, and we hope that you hear that because everything we do flows to that and through that, right? We want to influence people to find and follow Jesus. The goal of that is that we would become Christ-like influencers. Christ-like influencers are people who are like Jesus and becoming more like Jesus, but then influencing others to be like Jesus and become more like Jesus. And the idea of a Christ-like influencer actually comes from scripture. It comes from Jesus himself. He gave us this in something called the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. And part of that, he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. 
So Jesus charges his disciples with this idea of making other disciples. So if we're going to be followers of Jesus, then we're going to be disciples who are looking like Jesus, making other disciples, influencing them to become like Jesus. So a disciple, disciple maker, really is a Christ-like influencer. And that's where we get that idea. Well, then if we take that idea and we apply it to the concept of spiritual parenting, we start to see that, man, a Christ-like influencer is kind of like a spiritual parent. A Christ-like influencer is someone who's, who's looking out for others and wanting them to grow to be like Jesus and influencing them like a, a disciple would influence someone who's they're making into another disciple. Now, when we use that word disciple, we just mean a follower or a learner, a student, an apprentice. That's what a disciple is. Just like a child kind of follows and learns and apprentices under their parent, that's what a Christ-like influencer does. That's what a disciple maker does. And that's what a spiritual parent does. So what I want us to think about today is could discipleship have more to do with spiritual parenting than we think? I think so. I think what we'll see today, and, and when I started to get this, man, this changed the way that I approached Jesus's call to making disciples. Because he calls us all to make disciples, but if he calls us all to be spiritual parents, we're gonna approach that very differently. If we understand that we are spiritual parents, we're gonna see that very differently. So let's take a look at how we see that played out in the life of Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter four. And we're gonna look at verses 14 through 17. Now we look at the Bible for this because we believe the Bible is God's word. We believe that God speaks really clearly through his word and that there's nothing else like it in the whole world. That the Bible is unique, it's special, it's actually living and active and that God through it, his spirit speaks to us. And so we want you to have the Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we want to give you one because we've got them for you. We know that there's a lot of online resources you can check out online or on your phone or whatever. But we also want to want to be able to give you one if you'd like one. We can mail it to you. We can send it to you. I know we can't meet in person, but we'd love to send that to you. So please comment wherever the comment box is. I'm not sure uh, where you're watching from right now, but wherever that comment box may be, go to the comments and let us know that you would like a Bible and we would love to provide a Bible for you for free. Now, once you get that Bible, or if you already have a Bible, I want you to read it. I want you to open it up and read it and spend some time seeing what God has to say to us because it's real and it's true and it's great. So we're gonna look at God's word together. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 14 through 17. This is what it says. Paul writes, I do not write these things to shame you, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For if you were to have countless tutors in Christ, yet you would not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. I therefore exhort you, be imitators of me. For this reason, I have sent to you Timothy, who is my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, and he will remind you of my ways, which are in Christ, just as I teach everywhere in every church. Now, because this is God's word, I want us to pray for our time, because it's so powerful and special, I want us to pray that God would speak to us through it right now. Father, thank you for your word. I pray that you speak to us. You give us wisdom and insight from your Holy Spirit and that you alone, God, would be who speaks to us right now. We wanna hear from you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. All right, so all throughout the book of 1 Corinthians, you actually see Paul kind of acting like a parent. 
In chapter three, he's talking about how the kids are kind of acting up, thinking they know everything. And he says, look, if you think you know everything, you're really not that wise. And if you think you're really that wise, you're being kind of foolish. At the beginning of chapter four, he starts talking about how he can forget himself and get beyond himself to see the joy of parenting and the joy of of seeing his children in, in Christ, his children in faith grow up in the faith and become more like Jesus. And then in the verses right before the passage we read today, he starts to talk about some of the hardships of parenting. He says, man, I've been slandered and I've been roughly treated and I've, I've been dealing with some difficult stuff, just like parents often get mistreated by their kids. And so he's seen a lot of this. And so I think Paul's really well positioned to speak into the idea of spiritual parenting. So that's what happens here in verse 14. Let's take a look. He says, I do not write these things to shame you, but to admonish you as my beloved children. Now, what I think we see just in that one verse is Paul pointing to two different pieces of parenting. One piece he points to is the idea of affection, how he loves his children. He says they're his beloved children. But another piece there is the piece of authority. He says, I'm I'm writing to admonish you. I want to warn you. I want to tell you this is not the way you should go. I want to guide you in a different direction because you're you're not really heading where you should. And I think that's good parenting, right? Because good parenting is, is about freedom and it's about boundaries and it's about sticking with it, right? So I think we see all that here. When we think about freedom and we think about boundaries, I think about the boundaries I had growing up and my mom would always say, you know, you can wear whatever you want, but you're not going to grow your hair longer than that. And like, I wanted to grow a mullet growing up. I wanted to grow a rat tail for a while. And my mom said, you couldn't do that. And so I'm thankful for her wisdom and setting some boundaries for me there. Um, then I think about the freedom that, that I've been given. You know, when I graduated college, I thought I was going in a particular direction with my career and with my life and with everything. And then I, I believe that God called me in a different direction toward vocational ministry and I wrestled with that for a little bit, but my mom and dad were great. They didn't step in and try to try to force me one way or the other. They said, you know, this is something that you have to figure out and we want to give you the freedom to, to explore that. And man, I did. And I really believe that God's called me to vocational ministry where I am today. And, and so I'm very thankful for the freedom that they showed me. But what was great is in the midst of all of that, you know, I, I've seen my parents stick through me, stick by me through some really difficult and awkward circumstances. You know, we all go through physical awkwardness, right? I'm kind of awkward right now because I keep kicking this thing that's on the floor behind me. But we have this awkwardness about us and I probably still haven't gotten over a lot of it, but there's awkwardness that we experience and parents stick with you through it. Look what Paul's saying there. He's saying, I I didn't say that you messed up and so I'm just gonna write you off and forget about you. He said, no, I want to warn you. I want to admonish you. Now, this is the right way to go. You're going the wrong way, so go the right way because you're my beloved children. There's that affection and there's that authority and that sticking with them through the difficulty. That is lovingly acting. And that's what the first thing I want us to see is that parents lovingly act. That's what Paul says right there in verse 14. Check out what he says in verse 15. He says, for if you were to have countless tutors in Christ, yet you wouldn't have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Now, what's really important there is that Paul says, the whole reason that I can become your father, the whole reason this can happen is because of the spiritual climate that's made possible by the gospel. And when we say gospel, we just mean good news. 
the good news about Jesus Christ. And that good news is this, it's that we were created for relationship with God, but we chose to reject God and do our own thing. So then this God that we're close to is now far off because we have rejected him. And so we try to get back in right relationship with him through all these different things and we can't. And we're left empty and unsatisfied and unfulfilled. And so because of that, God promises to redeem his people. And he makes covenant after covenant with his people. And he establishes the nation of Israel. And he says, through them, I'm going to provide the Messiah. And then the Messiah comes in the person of Jesus Christ. God in the flesh, fully God, fully man, Jesus Christ walking on earth. He dies for us to pay the penalty for that separation. He dies in our place so that we can then have right relationship with God. And it's not through what we do, but it's through us simply saying, I'm not gonna go my way anymore. I'm gonna go your way, God. I'm gonna repent of myself and turn toward you. And then I'm gonna put my faith in you. God gives us his Holy Spirit. He touches our heart. He makes our hearts come alive in him and he enables us to have faith in him. And then he says, I'm not leaving you alone because now that I've bridged that gap and now that I've given you the ability to have the relationship with God that you're created for, now I give you my spirit and I give you a purpose. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. See, Jesus didn't stay dead. He died and he rose from the dead. And the Holy Spirit that raised him from the dead is the spirit that dwells inside of us. If we are following Jesus, we've got the Holy Spirit of God inside of us. Man, that's awesome. And that Holy Spirit then empowers us and enables us to do what he's called us to do. And what has he called us to do? We talked about it earlier, the Great Commission. We're called to make disciples who make disciples. We're called, we're called to be Christ-like influencers. We're called to be spiritual parents. And so Paul here, he's saying, as we do this, there's great joy. There's great joy in that. And it's through the gospel that I've become your father. And even if you have all these other people teaching you, I'm, I'm your father, your, your spiritual father in Christ. And it's through the gospel that that's possible because Paul pays attention to the gospel and to what matters. And so that's what he's saying here is he's saying, parents pay attention. Parents have to pay attention to what's being taught and what's being pointed toward and what's being the, the purpose of our parenting. Because parenting is always pointing us to a purpose, right? Parenting is always directing us in a particular way. And Paul's saying, I got to pay attention to what that direction is. And it's the gospel. And that's what we need to do as spiritual parents is pay attention to the gospel. Then finally, we get to the last two verses of our passage. And he says, therefore, I exhort you, be imitators of me. So first off, he gets to this idea of parents are acting lovingly, they're paying attention, they're attentive. And then here he's saying, now parents are, are raising up apprentices. Now that I love you, and now that I've stuck with you, and now that I'm paying attention to what's being taught to you, I want you to follow me and be an imitator of me, be like me. And he says, not only am I saying I want you to be an apprentice, but here's an apprentice that I already have. Check it out. He says, for this reason, I sent you Timothy, who's my beloved and faithful child in the Lord. And he's going to remind you of my ways, which are in Christ, just as I teach everywhere in every church. He's saying, I'm living this consistently. Look to me. Follow me. Because parents raise apprentices. Now, what's an apprentice? An apprentice is someone who learns by doing. It's not just someone who learns by, by sitting and listening to, to someone 
preach at them and I realize that I'm preaching at you right now. So, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not saying that that's bad. What I'm saying is an apprentice actually learns by doing things. How are we learning by doing? How are we teaching by doing? Paul's saying, I, I want you to come alongside and do this, or I'm gonna send you to do this thing for me because that's the apprenticeship that I want you to see. You see, we often associate behavior with parental influence, right? You ever been at a restaurant and you see the kids who are acting up over in the booth in the far corner and they're loud and they're rowdy and you start to think, where are their parents or who raised them or how did they get to be here with no parents and what's going on? You know, we start to question that because we always associate behavior of children with influence of parents. And as we think about that, then what does that mean for us spiritually? Well, it means that, that our habits and our behavior are gonna be influenced by Jesus, but they're also going to influence the habits and behavior of our spiritual children. So what kind of example are we setting? What kind of example are you setting as a spiritual parent? It's good for us to think about, right? It's good for us to consider how our parenting shows up and how we all really do become like our teachers. I usually think about it like this with, with toilet paper. When you put it back on the holder on the wall, is it over or is it under? How do we put toilet paper on the roll? Well, it's because we learned it from somebody that way or because we decided that's the way it's gonna be in our home and then we want our kids to learn it that way. But it's just, it's one of those things that we've learned and when it's the other way, it feels really weird because we're not used to it, right? It's the same way with spiritual parenting. How do we pray? Do we say, Father God, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, do we say amen, amen? How, how do we pray? How do we give? How do we serve? How do we love? How do we do these things? We do them because we've learned how to do them from the people around us, our spiritual parents. So as spiritual parents, how are we raising up apprentices that learn by doing? Because ultimately, we all want to be like Jesus. When I think of my spiritual parents and people that I consider to be my spiritual parents, one person I think of is my grandpa on my mom's side. And I remember him, I was about eight years old and he took me in his car and we drove into kind of a, a bad part of the town that we were in. And um, he reached into this container that was in his car and he, he pulled out all these rolls of quarters. It looked like he had just cleared out the bank and he gave me all these rolls of quarters. And he said, you see those kids playing over there? I want you to go up to them and I want you to give them some money. And I said, Gramps, do you know how many video games we could play with this money? And he says, yeah, but I know I want you to go and give because who knows when they're going to have any chance to get money or food or, or who knows. And he taught me about generosity. And that is a lesson that has stuck with me since eight years old. I think about when I was in college, one of my roommates my senior year had a pretty serious disease and he was pretty sure he didn't have a lot of time left on earth and he actually wound up dying a couple years after I graduated. Um, but while he was here, he spent his time and his life and his energy loving people and pointing them toward Jesus. And he went into inner city Memphis and he served the kids that were there and he said, here's what I'm gonna do with the life that I have. I'm gonna use it to point people toward Jesus, to influence people, to find and follow Jesus as a Christ-like influencer. I'm gonna raise up these apprentices who learn how to do it. I see him as a spiritual parent in my life, even though he's just a couple years older than me. So what kind of parenting pictures 
are we painting? What kind of pictures of parenting do people see in our lives? How are we acting lovingly? How are we paying attention to the gospel? How are we raising up apprentices? You know, I think about my legacy and I think about what people might be learning from me. And when I consider the legacy that we get to leave to others and what they would learn, a lot of times I think, man, maybe we're leaving a legacy of what football team to cheer for or how to make a certain kind of cake or, or, or something that, that is nice but not really significant in the realm of eternity. And then I think, I want to stand before God. And I want to say, not that I told people what kind of football team to cheer for or what kind of recipe to make. Or, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to even stand before God and say, I pointed people toward being nice or I was honest or compassionate. I want to stand before God and say, I used the life that you gave me to point other people toward Jesus Christ and him alone as the way to be saved. That's what I want my life to be about. I want my life to be pointing people toward him, toward making disciples who make disciples. So I ask you today, have you experienced the joy that it is to be a spiritual parent? Parents will tell you that it's hard. Parents will tell you that it's difficult raising kids, but man, there is a joy and a reward in it that is hard to put into words. Have you experienced the joy of following Jesus as a spiritual parent? Have you experienced the joy of spiritual parenting? And have you made that willingness and that step, like are you willing right now to say, I'm gonna invest in others. I'm gonna invest in spiritual parenting. I'm gonna invest in becoming a Christ-like influencer, a disciple maker, and a spiritual parent for the glory of God in my spiritual family that extends far beyond what I can see understand, but I know that God's spirit is at work through it. Let me pray for us. Father God, thank you for your word. I pray that you give us wisdom and insight and help us to grasp the idea of spiritual parenting as our call. God, we are all called to do that. May we be spiritual parents who lovingly act, parents who pay attention, and parents who raise apprentices because spiritual parenting is all about apprenticeship, God. We love you and we trust you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. God bless y'all, thanks.